0: Zane Mayer stared down the pair of oncoming headlights and blinked to clear his vision. For a split second, seen through the thick white snowflakes, the lights danced and spun like petals tumbling off a dogwood tree in spring. Then his half-frozen brain kicked in. He sucked in a hard breath and just managed to jump out of the car's path. Oh my God! The teenager driving the SUV stopped and gazed down the embankment where Zane had landed on his butt. I'm so sorry. I tried to stop when I saw you, but I skidded and... Don't sweat it. Zane stood and dusted himself off. His soggy jeans and boxers clung to his ass for dear life. He couldn't recall ever wanting a hot shower more, or a comfy bed. Do you need a ride? The girl asked. Thanks, he said. I'll be okay. He only had another half a block to go, and she looked barely old enough to drive. I'm almost there. She apologized again and took off at a crawl down the street. Zane retrieved his wheeled bag, which had slid a few yards down the pavement. His feet felt frozen solid, and he shivered as a gust of wind cut through his thin jacket. He eyed the street warily before deciding the five inches of accumulation on the sidewalks looked far more dangerous. He'd known Cleveland was cold, even known it got plenty of snow, but he'd been naive enough to believe he'd have time to buy winter gear before he had to bear the brunt of it. He'd barely made it in before they'd closed the airport with the first winter storm of the year. The Uber driver had refused to drive down the side street. Zane couldn't blame him. He glanced up. Buckeye Street. A few more minutes, and at least he'd be out of the cold. Not that the house would be warm, but at least the wind wouldn't be slapping him in the face. He'd figure out how to light the boiler, and maybe... The sound of a plow scraping asphalt behind him took him by surprise. The huge truck had rounded the corner and was headed directly for him. Fuck! He tried to run but slid and fell on the ice. Headlights burned color into his retinas, momentarily blinding him. When his vision cleared, the edge of the truck's blade was only feet away. He shimmied up the embankment and hit his back on something hard. Maybe a buried hydrant. He closed his eyes and heard something like flapping wings and someone shouting. You can't die! The voice in his head didn't sound like his own but he didn't disagree with the sentiment. The sound of tires skidding away from him brought him back to himself. The plow did a 180 and headed back where it came from. Zane gasped for breath and tried to slow his racing heart. He'd always been a little disaster prone, but this double whammy was off the charts. Fuck, fuck, fuck. When he could think clearly again, he looked around. He was alone on the frozen embankment. The snow had begun to taper off. He once again rescued the suitcase. Thank goodness there wasn't anything breakable inside and this time slid his way up a recently plowed driveway and onto the sidewalk. He'd take his chances. The going was slow, but at least no more cars nearly ran him down. He arrived at the gated yard and stared up at the imposing gothic brownstone. He fought back a wave of panic and reminded himself that no one had forced him to pick up and move. What was I thinking? He'd never even stepped foot in the old building before he'd decided to leave North Carolina and take the job at the boutique architecture firm in downtown Cleveland. But since his second cousin, Ralph Carver, passed away and left the house to him and his sister five years earlier, Zane had dreamed about the place. After his last relationship had tanked like all those before it, those vivid dreams and the feeling of belonging that accompanied them seemed like good enough reason to pick up and leave Raleigh. If he'd been in his right mind, Zane probably would have considered hiring a lawyer to challenge the restriction on the deed that the property could not be sold or transferred to someone outside of the family and sold the place. He was well off, but his sister could certainly use an infusion of cash. The photographs Jim Robinson, Ralph's executor, had sent along with the deed to the house showed a huge crack in the foundation on the building's side, crumbling sandstone cornices over the downstairs windows and a downed tree blocking the front walkway. Fortunately, Ralph's will provided money to restore and maintain the brownstone. As his suitcase wheels clattered up the smooth sandstone steps, Zane was pleasantly surprised to see the place was in really good shape. The tree had been removed and the stone railings repaired. Zane smiled and ran a hand over the painted lion's head knocker on the wooden front door. He thought the repairs were mostly meant to bring the property up to code, but the work done on the front of the house was amazing. The shutters were properly hung and painted in a chocolate brown that drew attention to the gorgeous old bricks.